0: Okay, everybody, it's uh, Big Daddy, and you know what time it is. It's uh, Big Daddy and Friends, and of, as always, uh, I'm always going to bring on a guest that uh, I know well, that has been successful, and that and is successful, and and we have history. So uh, I'm introducing everyone here that's watching and listening to my man Billy Jaffe. How you doing, Billy? Uh, muy bien. Uh, we could do this in
1: Spanish, although it would be better if I had probably had some more cervezas in me. I'm always better that way, but <laughs> big boy, or as I like to call you, grandissimo, uh, I'm good, my friend. And, um, uh, you know, in this crazy messed up insane world, I'm trying to keep as sane as possible right now. I hope you are
0: too. Yeah, I'm doing the best I can. And it's funny, uh, you know, as you call me grandissimo, I will say Guillermo, uh, todo está bien, you know. And uh, one of one of my <laughs> one of my last one of my past interviews, which I learned a little bit about, Bill Garen. Do you know that he is Hispanic? He has Spanish in his heritage. Uh, I did not know that.
1: I did not I did
0: either. Not know. He- and his daughter speaks fluent spanish so there's one for you that you might have to you know put that in reserve and maybe use down yeah. the line but, uh, you know we were uh, we we had a we had a interesting interesting chat and you know he's you can best. go on. Oh, yeah he's the man i love him and you know, you can go on Big Daddy and Friends and watch that interview because you'll you'll be throw, you'll be blown away like I was. But uh, so anyway, yeah. um, you know, we always get I always get into explaining to all the guests that are watching and listening how you and I met, and uh, you know, it's there's so many stories there because it's funny how um, your agent, who's a very close friend of mine, and yeah. uh, I call him my agent too, so uh, Maury Gofstrand. Maury said to me, hey, my client is moving to Long Island, and he is going to work for the Islanders, and he's their TV guy, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I meet you, and uh, we basically started dating because, you know, you were, <laughs> you were here by yourself, you know, you were here by yourself, and, uh, you know, and it was great because, you know, we uh, we hung out. You know, I got to learn a little bit more about you, learn the game, Meet people and so on and so on, and uh, and then you know it was funny. I was telling the story about the story. What's that? I didn't hear you. What'd you say? I
1: was say? The best part of the story, I was saying. The best part of the story is is yes, we met mori, right? But as soon as we, oh, what was the name of that place we went to eat where they had? Um, we went out and we had. Um, Seafood. I was on the island. It was on that little uh, side island, and then they had that cheesecake, that great cheesecake that I pretty much wanted to slather myself in.
0: Oh um, no, that was remember we went to uh, Lobster Box in City Island. That is, so, yeah. but remember we had had lunch before with Umberto. So when we went to City Island, you and I remember we were both looking at each other like. How are we going to eat all this? <laughs> when this guy brought out this mountain, Peter Karekis, oh, brought out this oh, mountain right. of food. And we're both looking at each other like, I mean, how? But, uh, you know, I, that I never forget that story. because that was like a day that we both, I think, inhaled about 25 pounds worth of food in uh, two sit-downs. Oh. So, uh, all
1: right, miss it
0: yeah those are I mean those stories are uh, you know priceless and 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 they can always be told over and over and over again because there were a lot of fun a lot of meaning behind it and uh, and I I could say this honestly and truthfully that hey you're my boy I miss you and I wish you were here and uh, but soon enough hopefully when this world gets back to some sort of normalcy or I don't know if that I don't know what the the correct uh, vocabulary is to use anymore because so many people keep saying this and that and all this other stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, it's funny because uh, one of the stories that I always tell and it's come up is, which was cool, was I went to uh, watch the Stanley Cup playoffs and you were there working the game and I said to you, Billy, you don't have to wait till tomorrow to fly home because you're flying home with me private. And remember, <laughs> we flew home after the game, right? And uh, you know, Victoria, I believe, was pregnant, and you were able to eliminate about eight hours off your time. We ended up getting home at like two, three in the morning, but it was better than you having to sit around and wait till nine, mm-hmm. ten o'clock in the morning to uh, fly home the next day.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, and that's yeah,
1: right, uh, uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, right?
0: Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it was Pittsburgh, and yeah. uh, um, and that was great because I had my friend Joe Pezza and his son that remember they, you know, the son's a huge hockey fan, played hockey, and uh, and every time that someone was in the finals, they wanted to go, so we would go, and, and it just happened that hey, he owned his own jet, boom. Come on, Billy, get on board. We're, we're flying <laughs> to Long Island. <laughs> my car, I West, yeah, you're
1: right. I got I got my bag, and uh, all right, let's get going. Let, you know, I mean, the playoff runs are awesome, but, man, they are long. Like, you know, I would be on the road for more or less for six weeks at that time. The Islanders um, weren't good then, like they are now. So I think in the one time, that's right, one out of the four years I was doing their games, they made the playoffs. Otherwise, I was on the road day one of the playoffs covering it for Versus, Remember the old Versus station then. And and
0: mm-hmm.
1: so and then I'd work for NHL Network and NHL Radio, and that's what I was doing when you guys were at the game. I was doing ringside for NHL Radio, so it was fun. That was great. And we flew home and got home, and it was nice. Instead of having to go – look, everybody – We'll take a charter over the commercial, <laughs> having to deal with the airport.
0: Of course, believe me, my my job was yeah. just get the tickets. His job was get us home safely. Yeah. You know, get us there and get us home safely. And uh, we were home, instead perfect. of waiting for the next day, so it was one of those perfect uh, perfect uh, arrangements that uh, benefited both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I want to talk a little bit about your history. Uh, it's funny, you, you know, you went to Michigan. You That's a very strong hockey program. Obviously, I've, uh, I've known a few guys to come out of there on, on both the hockey side and the football side and the media side. So, uh, you know, it's uh, – tell me, when you were growing up, what, what was it about hockey that made you go that direction?
1: Well, um, it was a uh, an experience that I'll tell you this. I my my dad was a player, but he wasn't a player, right? Okay, like he loved the game, but he was a you know fun player. It was an experience that I'm told, or uh, the the story goes, I'm told that I would take my milk crate. <laughs> at the time, we milk crates, now, and I would take it. And put it in front of the TV and I was mesmerized by hockey from about the age of two years old on something about the activity the action whatever it was and fast forward to I was about three and a half or four years old I'd skated a little bit and at four my dad puts me on the ice big daddy and and with hockey equipment and um, I cried my eyes out because my ankles were you know bending in like this and everything and it was hurting and I was falling you know I sucked right and I wanted to come off, and I tried to get off, and I stumbled to the door. And I kind of remember this, but my mom tells all the time. I'm like, I want to get off, you know. And my dad grabbed me and turned me around and said, no son of mine will quit the first time. And so pushed me back out on the ice. I'm guessing I stopped ball. (laughs) And next (laughs) thing you know, um, it took about two years. And then all of a sudden, there was this kind of this... Blossoming almost Where it just clicked And um, I just love it I do There's nothing I still Look at at 51 years old buddy I can go out and play And that's the beauty of hockey Compared to a lot of other sports You can still Go out and play You know like You can I can just go skate You know Put my equipment on And skate And whatever and, and the exercise is phenomenal But the mental clarity Is the best thing And so Ever since that young age Until now when I'm on the ice and I've got an hour to two hours, whether it's a practice, a game, or whatever, Richie, there's nothing else at that time that bothers me. And so that's how I know that I love it.
0: Got it. And, and, and you know, the, the beauty of it is uh, when you say, look how many guys that we know that play, you know, they're in their 50s, you know, Boomer Esiason, Sean Hannity. I mean, people would not realize that these guys still lace them up, get out there. And, and they, you know, they, they reap the benefit of, one, the exercise, and two, the competitiveness. And, you know, hockey's a great game. I mean, I grew up around it. Absolutely. I always loved it. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, that when I first got into the insurance business, my main clients were hockey players because I was living at Pittsburgh at the time, and I was surrounded by the best team back then, you know, with the Lemus and Stevens and Yagers and all that. And when people finally realized that I wasn't Mario or Yagers or or Kevin Stevens' security guy, they oh you're in the insurance business. And then you know Brian Smolinski came on board, and and it just there was, was a trickle effect. And it was funny because wow, how does this football guy tied into all these hockey guys? Timing and you know, my charming personality, you know, <laughs> so uh, uh, shy, as I saying, shy and misunderstood personality that I have, you know? Yes,
1: very shy, very unassuming. Yes, yes. And what's great about hockey guys, I don't know, maybe you can answer this better than I, than, I mean, my statement is this, hockey guys are the most loyal of any of the pro athletes. Now that doesn't mean you're always going to keep somebody as a client and it doesn't mean there aren't issues here. I get all that. But hockey guys, it takes a lot to get their trust. But once you do, hockey guys are tight, man. Because we aren't as big literally. I'm talking you know, like as as the other sports. I mean, it's great hockey in Pittsburgh. They're star they're beyond like like the football team. They're icons there, right? They're yeah. they're just amazing. I mean, but it's not but but if you get in with, with hockey guys, they're usually more loyal than any other pro sport guys out there.
0: I could definitely validate that comment because uh, you know there's guys that I still have, and you being one of them, um, you know, it's uh, I always say, you know, people ask me how I diversify and get into different areas and even doing something like this show. I think it's because I, I do what I say. And when I can't do something, I'll be the first one to say I can't do it. But I'll find someone that can, or find that answer. Whatever, you know. Use all your resources. I, I know it's like with business. You can collect a thousand business cards, but how do you commercialize your Rolodex? You know, how do you use those business cards mm-hmm. to, you know, work side and hand by side by side and hand by hand, uh, hand in hand to make things work you know um, I'll tell you one of the greatest things that I always say in relation in relation to hockey you know is being able to drink out of the Stanley Cup mm. but also be able to do it I've been fortunate to do this twice in Alaska you know obviously due to my relationship with Scott Gomez you know right. uh, I tell people that I've been to Alaska seven times, And it's one of the hidden gems in this world that people, you know, when you say Alaska, they're like, what? I'm like, trust Mm -hmm. me. It's one of my favorite places. And I I need to get back there because there's uh, peace, serenity, beauty, even when there's snow on the ground. You know, that's what I I feel about Alaska.
1: Yeah, I do. I do, too. I mean, I'm a fly fisherman. um, And I got into it because of my dad. Uh, and our first place that we went fly fishing was at Bristol Bay in uh, Bristol Bay Lodge in Alaska and it's uh, when I was in college he wanted to try it and I did and we and we really enjoyed it and I've been back there numerous times to fish but I've also been there numerous times to play hockey and um, it's it's great it's different but that's I mean you know there's all these Alaska shows on right now and I I I, I, I sometimes play there and I'm watching it and Vic's just my wife, you know, Victoria, the queen, and she's just like, I'm not doing that. So, get it out of your head. I'm like, oh, we could go do that, maybe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she's uh, like, yeah, you know, find find your next wife to go do that. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I love it. I, I don't think I would actually survive in that regard. But it is a great place. It's unique. And it is, it's just awe-inspiring. You're right.
0: Yeah, it's uh You know, uh, I I learned a little bit of history when I was there. And uh, obviously, you know, when you go with Scott and his family, you're like, wow, you know, there's a lot of of Mexican people live up there. And what a lot of people don't realize was that, and I learned this by going to a museum there, that there was a big quake up there in 65. And uh, they needed to rebuild Anchorage. And a lot of people did not want to go to Alaska to work. So what did they, they went down to Southern California and they recruited everyone that was willing to come up there and get a job, housing, and, you know, they were all of Mexican descent and Scott's father, along with, I I believe, eight to nine brothers he had, they all went up there because there was work, you know, and they rebuilt the city and, and, uh, and then obviously Scott's a mainstay up there. He's still up there and he, he's... Being around, being walking around with him up there was like walking around, uh, I guess, like North Carolina with Michael Jordan. You know, yeah. it was that he, he, you know, he stood out. Everyone knew who he was, and you know, the guy was Rookie of the Year one year, and then he comes back three years later with another cup. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can never be more grateful to him and his family for, uh, you know, hosting me up there and having me up there on, even when the cup wasn't there. I learned how to. Uh, to a net, you know, jump into the water with waders and all of a sudden grab all the salmon that you could catch and take it out of the water <laughs> and clean it. And then, you know, I got smart. After the first year when I learned that you could bring fish home, I left my clothes up there. I don't even know if they're still there. My luggage coming back, we went to Costco and I bought two of those big white coolers so that I could bring back salmon, crab leg and reindeer for me and my buddies you know so uh i oh, took full advantage of that because the food i had never had salmon until i went to alaska think about it i went to anchorage yeah, when i was well, that's,
1: yeah that's 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 the best especially if you get a king salmon or a silver up there oh man how fresh it is like you want to talk about like you and I used to go devour sushi all the time. Like they'd have yeah. to go get they'd have to go make a get a delivery just after we were there. But, <laughs> you know, and that was good, don't get me wrong. But you and I could if you imagine having a fresh piece of salmon right in front of us, right on the water there. Oh um, phenomenal.
0: I'll never forget it. Scott's father made it with eggs one morning. And I was like, Man, this is like you feel like you've been missing life. You know, because this is – I guess you can relate to someone that lives in Arkansas and you bring them to New York and the first two meals are a bagel and a slice of pizza. (laughs) Imagine they're like, wow, I didn't know this even – exactly. (laughs) You know? So, uh, but anyway – You
1: you take them to Rails and you get the meatballs at Rails or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so – one of the things that we do on the show um, is uh, I ask my guest to now turn over and ask me a question. So the mic is yours. Yeah, I,
1: I have a question. It's funny. You know, and we, we, we spent so many meals together during that year that we dated when we, when we, when we were first <laughs> year. If you had to have. have never asked you this. And we've we've shared so many. If you had to have one meal, one meal to get, like, what, what – if you're absent from start to finish, what would it incorporate? What would it involve?
0: Well, the old Big Daddy – see, now, um, what I didn't share with you is um, I've been on this health kick. So I've been working oh, – no. I've been working out every morning and I'm down almost 70 pounds since March. Awesome. So I've eliminated a lot of the things that you and I probably would have eaten like we were going to the chair. So, uh I don't have those, you know, I don't have those things anymore and I think COVID was great for me because all the Chinese buffets and sushi places shut down. You know, there's like <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. There is one in New Hyde Park and it's called Nova, but it's it, it is a buffet and all you can eat, but it's it's made fresh to serve, you know. You whatever you and I would have went and we would have had the menu, we would have been like, just get us one of each and they make it fresh and bring it out. Whereas the old way we would go and you know, yeah. point whatever. But I would say if I had a meal that uh like you just asked me, Brian and Cooper, I would sit there and I would have that Cajun ribeye steak, and it would have to be like mm-hmm. a forty-two. It would have to be like a forty-two ounce, because you know the bone on that ribeye weighs probably a couple pounds or whatever, and it takes up a lot. <laughs> so that's why it has to be forty-two. So it's a big cut with some cream spinach and some you know, uh mayonnaise fries, or potatoes, something along those lines, that would be oh, yeah. you know, my mouth is watering just thinking about that because I'm not, <laughs> not eating that. And I promise you, if we get if you get down here, we will have to go and obviously share a meal again. And yeah and, and here's the funny thing, Billy. When I go out uh, especially with uh, I uh, anybody, I always say, I joke around and I say, hey, Billy, let's share that meal. you know. And, and, of course, you would probably laugh at me and I would laugh at you because I'm only kidding. But that's the mentality I've taken, whereas if I cut my portions down, at least I get a taste and oh, I'm not rolling out of the place. And uh, the new habit that I've also developed is also not eating after 8 p.m., you know, which has been very key. Very key. So, yeah. you you know, I just gave Brian and Cooper's a plug. I haven't been there in months, but uh, I just know that that steak, uh, you know, Rothman's, another place.
1: It's good. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, those are two places. Then, boy, Brian and Cooper was really good. I like Rothman's too, but I went to Brian and Cooper more. When I was yeah, on the island. But, yeah, you know. closer
0: to us, you know. And it was closer to us, and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. you know, you always, yeah. we always ran into our buddy Mike Milbury in there. I, I I went there like three or four times, and I'm like, dude, stop following me, man. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's an off the I need a, a, I need a, air conversation. Yes. What were you gonna say? I I need, you a, go. uh, I need a I need a
1: I need an Umberto's, I need an Umberto's grandma pie. I need I haven't had a good New York like Boston's okay for pizza where I live. It's not it's not great. There's one or two that are good. But I need I need I, you know I'm Chicagoan. I love my deep dish. I understand some people don't like it, but that's fine. But I also I'm an equal opportunity eater. So <laughs> I really loved my time on the island with the thin crust. And especially Umberto's, and then the grandma pie there too. I could, so that that if, if that would ever find its way to Boston, I will I will I will eat the whole thing on my own. I will not share with anybody. Well, maybe I'll give Vic some, but I love it so. I, I miss that. I miss our time sitting together too, big boy, at the table.
0: Yeah, I do too, man. I always drive past uh, that that one restaurant over there on Hillside Avenue in Wilston Park. You know, they had the TVs and everything, and we would meet oh, after the game. I can't remember the name of it, but… Uh, Memories. You know, yes, that's it. That's right. And, uh, you know, uh, it, all those things are… Uh, I'm, in, I'm in line to uh, have uh, one of these New York sports writers. They want to write my autobiography. They want to write a book on me. And those are the stories that I will tell in my book, You know, those Mm -hmm. things that I've been so fortunate and blessed to, uh, you know, I mean, listen, one of the stories that intrigues a lot of people and people still shrug their head or shake their head is when I had my aneurysm, you know, I went to dinner with these four big names and then all of a sudden I'm like, I had just gotten a brand new car and I called you and said, hey, Billy. Can you come pick it up because it's sitting in the <laughs> in the hospital? And you're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's in the parking lot at North Shore Lij." It must have had about 200 miles on it. And uh, as a good friend that you are, you came and got it, and you know whatever, because I was not going to be able to drive for a while. But uh, at least you know, knock on wood, be able to wake up, walk out, and you know, off I went. So uh, those are stories that I'll never forget.
1: Yeah, you know. I, God, I remember that well that you bring that up. I almost, you remember that scene from Ferris Bueller where they drive, uh, oh, geez, his buddy's car. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Forrest's best buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy wears the Red Wing shirt to the city, and uh, they go to park it in the garage, and they're like, guys, and he's like, uh, be gentle with it. And then the guy takes it, and he rides like up The city of Chicago, he goes crazy, like, I was going to do that to your car, but because you're in the hospital, you know, I didn't want to do that to you right there. That was a scary moment, man. Those couple of weeks were brutal. Those were, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't wasn't fun.
0: No, I know. But you know what? Thank God uh, I'm healthy. I'm good. And, uh, you know, with uh, friends like you and all the support staff that I had around me and all the friends and uh, I couldn't ask for anything. I'm lucky and blessed at the same time. So uh, again, Billy Jaffe, everyone, make sure you check him out. You want to learn hockey? You want to know the game? You want to know, you know, you want to, You. I always tell people that when you have someone that's played the game, that's been inside the game, those are the best people to learn the game from, whether it's stats, whether it's instructions, whether it's, you uh, you know anything interview wise? Any, I mean, look, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I'll share this because I know this. You were a coach on the team that went over and played in the uh, Israeli games, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, McAbee, know, yeah, you
1: know,
0: yeah, yeah. We had that big dinner over at Alberto's with the team and everybody, and uh, you know, things like that. Those are incredible accomplishments, and I always commend you for that. And and you know, you're a superstar in the in the world in the, of hockey, and I know you're humble, and you'll probably laugh at me for me saying that. But, look, I give credit where it's due because I know success. I hang around it quite a bit, and I'm fortunate to have friends like you and others that are in the same uh, stream. So my hat's off to you, and uh, and I want to say thank you for being on here. And I, I'm always like a kid. I'm giddy because I'm interviewing you. You know, you're the guy that's been doing this forever. <laughs> I'm going you. So it, 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 uh, I thank you and I'm honored, too, at the same time.
1: Well, thanks for everything, buddy. Yeah, you're Mr. Multi-Platform now. You're going to the, you know, you, 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 dabbed, you dabbled in when I was on the island a little bit. You started wading in. Now you're doing the big dive in at first, like the, the triple Lindy, like Rodney Dangerfield did. You've you're gone into the dark side of the deep end of the pool of broadcasting. Um, oh, always great to see you. Obviously, we all know that man, it's not enough uh, that we don't get to see each other enough, any of us anymore. But yeah. uh, I appreciate you having me on. Keep kicking ass with this, man, having fun. And uh, we'll keep working it, you know, best we can.
0: Exactly. So tell them our. So Victoria, obviously that I send my best and love. And, uh, as always, you know, which are, uh, between us, you know what my favorite story is. So in relate, related to her. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll come out in the next
1: one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Doctor. Love to Doctor. Say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, oh, so I right, love, love you too, bro. And, uh, And stay safe. And to everyone out there, Big Daddy and friends, we're bringing you the stories behind the stories with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. So until next time, we'll see everybody real soon. And uh, God bless. Be safe.